Welcome to Dramas with a Side of Kimchi, the fangirl party every drama fan wants to join. Grab your kimchi and face mask and let's chat Asian dramas. I'm Kay Muse. And I'm K-Drama Jen. Don't forget that we have a Patreon page. We have a monthly episode we release exclusively for our Patreon supporters. And we have a brand new perk for our kimchi VIPs. We now have a Discord server where we're chatting about all the latest dramas and news. So if you want to talk daily with all the fangirls, come join us on Patreon. You can find the link in our show notes. And KMUs, I have to say, boy... That is so much fun. It's also a distraction, but it's a ton of fun because I mean, we have listeners from all over the world. So pretty much any time of night or day, you can find somebody to talk to about dramas. I know. It is crazy. And talking about things, about chatting on Discord, it's actually what gave me the idea for this new segment you and I are going to be doing is I like... I was amazed that the drama we're going to be talking about today is one that so many people haven't watched. And I realized that all of these new drama addicts that are starting with Netflix don't know all of these classic dramas that you and I watched way back when and that were what I would consider must watch dramas. They're not even on their radar. And so we're going to do a throwback series over the next couple of months where you and I are going to be chatting some of our very favorite dramas from 2012, 2013, the ones that we think, you know, are ones that maybe should be chatted about. And so we're going to see whether those shows stand up the test of time, if they have themes that we can still connect with and that the viewers will connect with and whether they are really classics or just shows that we are fond of at the time and maybe should retire suggesting. So today, as the first throwback drama of our series, we're going to talk about the Lee Jong-suk and Lee Bo-young drama, I Hear Your Voice. Yay, I can't wait. This This is one that I just had so many feels for. I just loved it so much. And I was such an, well, you know, I'm an Lee Jung-suk fan. Oh, yeah. So um, this and uh, School 2013 came out the same year, obviously 2013. Um, and I was just completely smitten with Lee Jung-suk. So, um, and that is where we were introduced like to a, a number of different actors that particular year. So it's kind of like, I just have a lot of fond memories of dramas from that time period. So I'm also really excited to be chatting with you about this and was also really surprised that, you know, we've been talking about dramas for so long um, that many of the kind of like COVID generation watchers, I guess, right? A lot of people like during quarantine, they discovered dramas. The last three years or so. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty fun. Okay, so we're going to start with some just kind of non-spoiler discussion before we really get more in depth with this uh, drama chat. So um, I'm going to begin by just kind of giving the synopsis, but I'm sorry, I have to laugh because it is from my drama list, but this isn't really how I would have given the synopsis, but I'm going to read what they have. Okay. So Jung Hae-sung, a bold, sassy, thick-faced, comical, and materialistic public defender who becomes a lawyer after overcoming poverty and painful memories from her childhood, comes to realization about society and justice after meeting Park Soo-ha, a 19-year-old boy who reads other people's thoughts 
and Cha Kwang Wu, an innocent lawyer who lives a disciplined life. Osaka! Uh, Jung Hae-sung is actually Suha's first love after she gave a decisive testimony on his father's murder case 10 years ago, and Suha promised to protect her from the killer's threats. Meanwhile, Cha Kwang-woo is Jung Hae-sung's fellow lawyer, a cheerful and idealistic former cop, even though his character is a bit slow. He is nice and pleasant with a firm idea of his principles and justice. Together, they will team up to find the justice in the courtroom and solve the toughest cases with less than 1% chance of winning. So... (laughs) If I read this synopsis, I'd be like, eh, pass. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Not to mention that first sentence was a really long sentence. I was kept. Totally. Oh, they could have split that up. (laughs) Yeah. But I mean, I will say, of course, um, the, it does sort of give you a little flavor. Um, The important thing is that Jung Hae-sung, the female lead for this is, really like a very interesting character we're going to talk in more detail but i just think that at the time she was so unique and we'll talk more um very soon because first of all we're going to talk about Lee jung suk our talented leading man well and i know that we i think we've watched everything he's ever done haven't we? for sure i think that um yeah i mean it's interesting because he's one like i've even watched a lot of his movies I think he did like a voiceover for some anime and I watched that. Um, you name it. I, if he's been in it, I at least tried it. So he, ugh. but his character in this particular show. So he's, he's young. He, it's almost like a, he had a superpower, right? Cause he could hear people's um, thoughts and he was just so cool. Like he always had his headphones around, either around his uh, neck or on. And, you know, you find out that he does that to kind of block out the sounds that he can hear, which is everyone's thoughts. Um, but he just, oh my gosh, he was swoony. Like he was just so like, um, I mean, and even though he was a high school student, he didn't really act like that. He had a much more like mature kind of take on things. Um and very capable. So he had been taking Taekwondo. So he was like a really good fighter. And he seemed to almost have like superpowers because he could hear people's thoughts. So he could anticipate what they were going to do, like even if he was fighting against them. Um, oh, oh, I just remember being like the first time I saw this, being really just um, taken in by him. Agreed. What do you think? And just he was. He was this perfect combo of really competent but still naive puppy dog because you yes. know, he hadn't had a lot of experiences with connecting with human beings. Like he doesn't necessarily have a lot of friends. His whole life has been spent searching for this girl that he fell for when he was like, what, eight or nine? And yeah, crazy. His whole life is about protecting her and keeping her safe. And she's like this ideal perfect woman that he has in his head and there's no room for anything else other than her and so it's really interesting that mix because he totally does hit that well he's in high school and he doesn't have the life experiences that some other people have when you're older but at the same time he's been kind of deserted since he was like nine or ten and so he's been on his own 
He's had his own money. It's just been a horrible life of isolation for him. And so he technically knows how to function as an adult, you know, very competent. But emotionally, I think he's definitely a little bit more high school age. So For sure. It's and it's that contrast I think that really just drew me in, right? Because he's he is competent and and adult like, man like in many ways. But like you said, he's this like little wounded puppy too, and he's got this crush on this girl and has put her on a pedestal and in his in his mind is the most perfect girl because she like he was giving um they were in the courtroom and he was trying to tell everyone that the man that was on trial killed his dad and that, but there were no witnesses and she kind of like busts into the courtroom and in his eyes, she like saved the day. And so he just has idolized her forever um, since then, but has not been able to find her. So, Oh, it's such a great, like, and his acting. So even going back and watching it. So of course I've seen this, Many times, um, any time that I can convince somebody new to watch it with me, I will. And so, but, but, you know, I just watched just the first few episodes before this podcast, just to kind of refresh my memory. And his character still stands the test of time. Wouldn't you agree to that? I totally agree. I, I has been maybe five years or so since I watched this and I just recently rewatched it for this podcast. And Man, they look younger than I remember them being. <laughs> I'm 10 years older. <laughs> and so now it's just all like, oh, I remember not having any problems whatsoever with this teenage boy falling in love with this older woman. Right. And now it's like, oh, now from my 40s, that looks a little bit more problematic. But yeah, it's still drama time. And I still love it. And it's so yummy. So, so uh, much, you're right. So at much the good. At the time, um, it didn't really hit me as much because because he presents as so much older in some ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, technically, he is a high school student who is in love with a lawyer. So she's quite a bit older because he was eight and she was what, like 15, 16? Yeah. So um, anyway. Okay. So we have Lee Jung-suk, our talented leading man. And I have to say, yeah, he definitely was, he's still, I mean, I've seen him grow as an actor even since then, but I just, he was cool. Like that was the main he thing. Was. Like I was like, wow, he's a cool character. I like him. And he could bring on the chemistry even then because, um, okay. So I did fast forward to watch again, the aquarium kiss, um, <laughs> That was, and that was the, smooth. Oh, man. And at the time when it came out, I watched it probably 15 times or something. Like I was just like, woo, look at that. Okay, anyway. <laughs> Moving on. All right, let's chat. Park Bo Young is, or not Park Bo yeah. Young. It's, is it Park Bo Young? It's East. No. Ebo Young. Yes. Sorry. Typo in the outline. Evo Young is our lawyer, Nuna, and she's, of course, I would say, what, probably 20, 29 to our Lee Jong-suk's 18, 19, right in there. And so right. she's, of course, you know, out of school. She, we first introduce, are introduced to her, and she's a public defender, mm -hmm. I believe, and she's 
the most incompetent lawyer who could not give a crap about her, the people she's defending. Like, she gives these standard things, doesn't even know any of the information on the case, kind of gives this cool girl, I am too good for this, why am I here kind of attitude. And it's hilarious. And... So she gets a new job as, um, what is it, with the prosecutors. So she gets a new job where she's working for the prosecution. And her being in the paper is how Lee Jong-suk finds her. And so he finds his dream woman and comes after her to meet her. But she has a lot of quirks that he doesn't quite understand because of course this is his ideal woman she's all that is sweet and bountiful and she's loyal and she works hard for the underdog which is everything that she is she's wants. not even a little yeah no not even a little so evil young is i think she just does a great job in this um and i guess that's what i was wanted to bring up is that her character especially in the very beginning she is it was different at the time like since then we've had more like female leads that have a little bit of gray but in her case like she really like the opening scene with her like as the public defender she's basically like and the defendant says that because she has had to take care of her dying mother the i don't have a mother uh, because she doesn't have a mother you know like she just like it was just like what i can't she remember the exact phaser but yeah. no and and it, and and the judges are like oh she does not even care and she's just kind of like you know, moving her pen around like, yeah, and she's just putting in her time. But, and then the scene that really sticks out to me is she's like coming home and there's kids playing with a basketball and it rolls over and they're like, uh, can you give it to, to us or whatever? And she kicks it down the stairs and, you know, out of the way. Um, and it was just rude. Um, and it really captured for me like, wow. She's just kind of miserable. And then you do get a flashback and we get to see kind of like how she's been wronged in her life. And, you know, it, like her personality makes sense. But um, but it's still, but still. Not what the boy's expecting. No, for sure not. Yeah. No. I mean, he really has thought of her as just like, like mother Teresa level yes or yes just practically perfect and 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 beautiful and and likely wild animals will kind of follow her around and as she flits about I mean it was yeah you're right he really had her completely in his mind as a fantasy speaking of fantasy (laughs) so it this did sort of have a fantasy theme um because of the ability to hear voices um, and so that's what I was saying earlier. It almost felt like a superpower movie kind of thing. So um, let's talk about that. Has Did that theme kind of hold up after all these years? And what works and what doesn't? You know, it actually did hold up for me. Um, there's a few things where it's just all like, we'll get into a bit more specifics later. But just the way he developed the ability during this traumatic time when his father's murdered in front of him um you kind of are just like seriously how you kind of just have to go with it there's no real 
explanation per se, and I'm not sure how developed the rules are of the special ability. So you definitely just have to take it for face value and go with it. But it like head it head injury. I mean, basically, because he had a head yeah, injury. So still, I mean, I I know. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm sure there's been many a concussed person who has not had the ability to read others' thoughts. So. I mean, I've had multiple concussions. Thank you, Jeju Island. And uh, yeah, I can't say that I have that ability. I do remember thinking at the time, like, actually, it didn't phase me at the time because I just thought it was so cool that he had the ability that it never really, you know, I never, it never took me out of the drama where I was like, how did that particular ability come about? I never really thought about it. But um, because it, it, that's really the only component that has that fantasy kind of feel. Everything else is like a crime drama slash um, Nuna romance. Yeah. yeah, like, so I didn't really worry about it. All the tropes and the kitchen sink into this one. Like, it has everything. Oh, I mean, speaking of kitchen sink, there's a, a whole scene where, like, he reaches over her in the, in the kitchen to get something on a top shelf. That was swoony, too. And he's so tall, and, and he's just, like, so manly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. <sighs> and, yeah. And that's why it was really hard to think of him as young, because, you know, he he didn't present that way. So anything, el- anything else that you felt like either worked or didn't work? Um, there's a specific situation in that I'll discuss in the spoilers. It's, um something that happens later in the show, so I don't want to go into it now, but I'll discuss it later. Okay. I remember when I watched this, and for that matter, wasn't this around when we became besties? Didn't we watch oh. it at the same time? I'm pretty sure. I think so. I think, I think maybe. the first dramas that really we were connected over, and so we were watching this, and I remember thinking Min Jun Kook is the freaky, scariest bad guy that i've ever seen in a drama and guess what he's still scary yeah he really is is. i remember for years after that drama i couldn't accept him being anything else but like a bad guy and he's definitely developed into different characters since uh he kind of does a mix but he was so terrifying as this unhinged serial killer well and he wasn't a serial killer per se. I mean, we'll go into that a bit more, too, but he's just very scary. He, yeah, so he was, um, he's been in other things. He was in Prison Playbook. He's been in so many uh, Pinocchio. He's been, so he was with Lee Jung-suk. The romantic lead in a few things. Like, he's in (laughs) some of the family dramas. He's a romantic lead. And so, I mean, he's definitely done so much work. But this is definitely one of the dramas that comes first to my mind when I think of him. Oh, yeah. So it's um, Jung Wung In. And yeah, he's been in all kinds of stuff. But you're right. This is, for me, the one that I always think of. Because I'm like, oh, my goodness. He's just, he was terrifying. And you're right. Even on the rewatch, like, can do we talk about this yet? That I I just remember thinking... And every time I've watched it since, I'm like, uh, I don't know if what he's been like, it's just, it's interesting to me because 
there it almost feels like there's a justification that they're trying to make for how he is this way and yet he does some really scary things that I don't really see the connection so but anyway yeah he's still scary yep mm-hmm. uh, right up I, there with like with uh um what's uh come hug a psycho dad you know like yeah, he really exactly. could hold his own with him well and there's this one scene in particular where he puts a phone in our leading lady's house and <sighs> plays um i'll be there by the jackson five and I still get chills about that song to this day, because every time it comes on, that's the scene I think of. It's not, oh, Jackson 5, I love them. You know, what a great romantic song. No, it's creepy as all heck. You know? Yeah, it's true. It's You're right. Creepy. So I have recently, I recently heard it. Um, my my daughter is into like older music. I would say older music. Um like she listens to all this stuff from the 70s, 70s, 80s, 90s, and she knows more than I do. But anyway, she was actually playing that not long ago. And I was, um, like you said, just a little like, oh, oh, yeah. Creepy song. So, so creepy. Yeah. All right. So we've talked serial. Well, he's not really a serial killer, but he, bad guy. Yeah. Now we can't forget. We have to talk about Oscar. Who's not Oscar in the show, but that's just what we call him because of our previous association with him um, from, uh, oh my gosh, I, I totally have just drawn a brain, uh, Secret Garden. Secret Garden. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's funny is if you haven't watched this drama, there's a good chance you haven't watched Secret Garden either. So you're probably just like, what are they talking oh. about? Yeah. Because that one's 2010. It's way and the- there. And that one, I'm not sure, held up as much as well over yeah. t- time. But we'll he talk about that maybe someday. But it's yeah. an iconic role that he made him famous. He was this character called Oscar, and so when we say that, that's just who we mean. His real name is Yoon Sang Hoon. He's been in a bunch of different dramas. Um, nothing lately. I haven't seen him in anything in about four or five years or so. And so maybe he's retired. I'm not completely sure. So have I'm you trying seen to him remember. I almost think I haven't. I was trying to remember um, because he goes by like the name Tess Parks now. Okay. Um, uh, he was in. Just trying to remember. Uh, Eighteen again. Okay. I haven't watched that because it's not on any of the regular uh, stations. I really want to watch it. Um, and why did I? It was on. Um, I think it's on Netflix, actually. Are you sure? I think so. And ITE. Huh. I looked at ITE. Is it like a different um, title? Maybe? A different name? I don't know. I'll search more later, because that is the drama I did want to watch, because I really like the movie. So, but I digress. Yes, we both do. (laughs) I'm one of those people that finds this actor annoying 90% of the time. There's dramas where he hasn't annoyed me, but this was not one of them. And oh my word, I swear he's gotten more annoying with time. I just wanted to, like, smack him every time he was on screen. 
with his little weird fake stash that hasn't oh my god and oh and his personality it's just like are you really this dim i don't know i don't know i can't (laughs) he's probably my least favorite thing about this movie and continues to be the least favorite thing about this movie so (laughs) i have to say i have to agree he does really drive me nuts. He's super like optimistic and and a great like contrast to how like jaded she is. But yeah, I think he was annoying then, and he's annoying on the rewatch. Although I if you're did really hands out there and drunk, <laughs> don't don't kill us. It's just a personality thing. <laughs> well, and I I will say I mean. It works in the drama because he has such a contrast to her. Like, so um, they are both going to be interviewing and like taking the test or basically taking doing an interview for this law job. And they both end up in the wrong wing, like the right room, but the wrong wing of the building. And at first he's like. I've got all these interview questions that my friend gave me to prepare. Would you like to, you know, me to share them? And she's like, no, never mind. Don't bother. And she's like playing, I don't know, the equivalent of Candy Crush or something, you know, she's doing something. And uh, then they find out that they are in the wrong spot. So she like looks at him and she races him to the next side. Um, And when they get there, there are, like so many applicants and it turns out that they're doing two days of interviews and so then she's like give me those questions um so i just liked how it set it up early on that he's like super optimistic and friendly and generous and she's just not like she's very jaded and um takes what she can get kind of thing like she um was not afraid to to take advantage when she had the opportunity to do that so okay I was going to say, I think one of my issues is he's supposed to be a cop going into law. He does not feel like someone who has seen anything in his life. Like, nothing. True. That's very true. And I think Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest issues I had. So, yes. Spoiler time. So if you're going to get spoiled, here's your... Or pause here. Pause pause here. Go watch the whole drama. Go watch the whole drama. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That works also. And be sure to join us on Discord, because we'll want to talk about this there, too. Oh, yes, yes. So, let's chat about the Nuna theme, which is front and center in this drama. What is our favorite aspect of this pairing, and what's our favorite story arc that we went through with them? (laughs) You can go first. If you still mind, I'll forgive you, because there's so many. (laughs) So... I love a good Nuna romance. And this was one that just really stood out to me because you have this boy who has dreamed of his ideal woman and he meets her and he doesn't want to give up that dream at first. And then you can see how he sort of loses the the vision that he had over time and then falls for her for who she is. And I loved that it just did a really nice job, I think, of showing that um, gradually over time, how he went from like being infatuated with like a 
a, a version of her that he had created, some fabrication that he had in his head, to really learning how to accept her for who she was. Um, and I really thought they did a really nice job with that. So I think that um, my favorite aspect of that was totally the aquarium kiss, because it was so swoony. It really. So what about? Ah. So good. I think I agree with you on all aspects of what really worked about them is they grew to know each other. And because he could see all of her thoughts, he got the unvarnished her. Like there was no, (laughs) maybe she's just pretending to be a jerk. No, he knew that she was kind of a jerk. (laughs) I mean, we love her. But she's kind of that friend that you have that isn't always the nicest person, but you like them for some reason despite that, you know, kind of overlooking flaws. Are Um, you talking about me? That's so rude. I can't believe you bring (laughs) me up like that. Just kidding. If anything, we're talking about me because we all know that I'm (laughs) (laughs) self-centered. No, far from. I like stealing all of the opas. So not that there's (laughs) people out there that are older than us, but you know. But I digress yet again. Oh, but but Ji Sung. Okay, we have to digress for just a second, just because I know this is a throwback show. But so Ji Sung is in the um, the Devil show right now, the Devil's Judge, and he is so swoony. And it is related to this because he's married to uh, Ebo Young. Yeah. So therefore, just, I feel that I can bring like it up. He's aging backwards. It is insane. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, he is, oh my gosh, he's stunning. Like, just in all of his judge robes and all of that, and oh my, anyway. <laughs> I I feel that it's still related. I can make it related, because he's married to Evo Young, who is the okay. leading lady in this. We will be doing a podcast in the future, all about the devil judge, so look forward mm-hmm. to that. And more swooning. Um, getting back to our OTP here. My favorite scene is he, we, they end up cohabitating together. And so he's living with her and she's out of her work clothes and sweats that maybe haven't been washed in a long time. Her house is a mess and she's like putting the cheese whiz straight from the bottle into her mouth and she is just not cool. <laughs> His look of absolute horror and disgust upon learning that his beautiful princess is really kind of a frog was just epic. And I love that scene. And so I do too. That was just the perfect epitome of your dream shattering. (laughs) So it was great. I loved it all. Yeah. And it had to happen, right? They couldn't possibly go forward with him with a fantasy version of her but um but absolutely like the break of be you know you see it happen where he's like oh and then over time the acceptance that comes so i do have to say that um yeah i loved that too well and i also uh, liked how they fell in love without it snuck up on her he just became a very important part of her life a friend like a little brother almost and then later on, after an appropriate time jump, they were she discovered that he is more important in other ways. And so that also really worked for me. So, 
Yeah, it helps that he graduated. Them. Yes, it does help when your boyfriend's not in high school. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah. Um, okay. And so you wanted to revisit, I think, the fantasy element of the story now that we can talk about spoilers. Yes. Okay. The one issue I did have with the fantasy element is when he... Um, Gets amnesia because he is in this accident with the killer guy and he's hit on the head and he loses his memory and he also loses his ability. That was mm. a little unrealistic for me. And it just magically came back kind of when he got his memory back. I think that was the part that really took me out of that um, moment, I guess you would say. So, are you saying that um, that the ubiquitous amnesia trope, along with the fact that he now lost his ability to read minds, that was kind of like too much for you as far as... It was. I'm, the fact that he I'm, lost the reading minds on top of the amnesia. Like, okay, if he's going to have this ability, fine. But that just didn't make sense that, oh, amnesia doesn't have the ability, gets his memories back, now he can read minds again. That didn't work. Okay, but maybe if you go with, if we think about the, you know, um, the rules of the whatever, the world, he got the ability to hear memory or hear thoughts because of a head injury. He lost the ability because of a head injury, and at the same time, he lost his memory. And then his memory came back as a sign that his brain had healed, and therefore now he has and his ability to... Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> so that's one of the big issues I had on I mean, watches. It stood out a lot more, whereas before I was just all Twitter-pated with the OTP and let it slide. So... But the amnesia trope itself is also, like, I was like, really? We're still doing this? And I was like, oh, wait. Yeah, they, they were one of the originals that was, that was doing it um, with the amnesia piece. Since then, we had a, you know, that's just, you catch a cold in the rain and you get amnesia. Those are the things that we do with key dramas, you know? So, uh, okay. And then... We did talk about that time jump, which really helped the romance because it was a little, you know. Little... <laughs> I I am pretty easygoing about Nuna romances, but even that one was a little like, oh, come on, let him graduate from high school. Exactly. Then, I, then I'd be okay, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad that just she had only that one startled kiss that she wasn't expecting and then he disappeared, got amnesia, and was gone for a year. And so then we didn't have to deal ethically with that very much. So. Yeah. So, <laughs> Min Jung-kuk uh, murdered Soha's dad because he was indirectly responsible for the death of Min Jung-kuk's wife. Yes. And yeah. This was the reasoning why it was okay for him to go kill well he all those people. What, two people and tried to kill more. Because he was yeah. trying to kill our two leads. He killed the dad. He killed um 
the mom that we her, love, her mom oh her mom yeah we have to talk about her because she's amazing traumatizing. yeah still traumatizing i love that actress and she did such a great job and in, in this movie movie in this drama she was such roles. yeah and she was such a strong mom like she stood up to you know there's a a, a scene in the beginning where towards the beginning where she um she's defending her daughter and basically she's paid given like money as she's leaving and um and she took it and so they used that against the daughter to say like see she doesn't believe you um and then you see her she went and bought all of this man's like uh, autobiographies or or uh treatises or whatever it is that he, he had written uh and she used the money to like as to start the fire along with all the books and just set yeah. them all on fire in front of his house that was just amazing she's um, a epic mom she is amazing and i just so we are giving a spoiler here but oh, yeah. oh my gosh i was devastated when the um the bad guy went after her i just oh i was devastated because she was just such a great character well, and the bad guy was so devious because he knew that uh, Hasso could read his mind. So he set things up where he doesn't verbally say anything. And so there's no yeah. proof that he's out to kill our favorite lawyer. And there's no proof that he purposely killed the mom and then was called the police after she was dead and pretended to save her from this fire. And so he's just mentally tormenting these two people. And it is intense. Like, he's a very bad person. And your wife not getting... Wasn't it like she didn't get the transplant? Yes. He felt that she deserved someone else got it ahead of her. And she right. ended up dying. And so that's why he goes on a murder spree and tries to kill everybody. And it's like, holy crap, dude, over <laughs> reasoning here, you know, just sue the guy or, you know, picket him or whatever. Do not go on a murder spree. <laughs> he chopped his own arm off to frame our lead. Like, who does that? Exactly. Who does that? Yeah. Um, and just for anyone, the the mom that we're talking about is played by Kim Hae-suk. Um, she has been like the mom in so many things. Um, she is in Hospital Playlist, which, as you know, I only watched a little bit of it. Um, but she's in, I mean, tons of stuff. So she's in My Father is Strange. She's in um, uh, Pinocchio. She's in Marriage Not Dating, Hotel King, you name it. Yeah. Um, she's just, and it, once you start watching dramas, you will recognize her all over the place. And she's one so. of the more noticeable mom actresses, because she definitely always has like that extra oomph of character that a lot of the yeah. actresses don't have. And so she's very good. She was in, um, remember that room number nine? Uh, show that we watched and I mean it ended up not being so great but um, I mean it was still okay but she not memorable still but she was memorable oh my gosh she was amazing so anyway um, for people that maybe knew 
that's who she is. So keep your eye out for her. Um, and it is, oh my gosh, heart, heart wrenching. The, where he, he pretend the bad guy gets a job in her chicken factory or chicken, not factory, chicken restaurant. Um, and pretends that he's like helping her and stuff. And then ends up killing her. Yep. While her daughter is on the phone with her. It's like, holy yes. Yeah. Yes. It's awful. Yeah. Oh, but also really good. (laughs) So good. (laughs) All right. So the drama is supposed to be a law themed show. And how do you feel about those courtroom battles? We all know that I am not a fan of law shows to begin with. I know, I was going to ask you about that. Oh, goodness. And this is definitely one where it's just like Law for Dummies 101. (laughs) (laughs) Where a lot of the... It was a lot of over-exaggerated eye looks and, you know, acting and dramatic. Well, this is my chart. Look how chart it is. You know, this will prove the truth. Look how chart it is. Yes, see? It's it's a chart. I know. Well, that's how they acted. And it was ten times worse. They, like, the final courtroom battle was her defending um, Suha because he has this amnesia and he's, he supposedly killed the bad guy. The bad guy actually cut his arm off and faked his own murder, but supposedly he killed this guy and Suha can't remember because he has amnesia. And so they have this um, jury, they have a jury courtroom, and every time either side of the law, the lawyers made a point, you saw all the jury members shaking their head yes, and like, oh yeah, you made a good point, and I just couldn't, I just couldn't, oh, just couldn't. Like the overacting and the, you know, um, we should also mention that it was, uh, what's in it? Idahi, right? Yeah. Um, she was the second lead. So she was. And the lawyer that was her childhood nemesis. Yeah. And she's actually very good in this. Um, she first caught my eye in this. And then, of course, since then, she's been in a few other things where I just feel like she's just really a great. She was in Search WWE. W, and in that she just is a really strong female um, lead, and so, but in this one at first she's not really her. I guess the character of her, her younger self, um, not so great. Um, but she also has a, some nice character growth. Well, and she has a lot of daddy issues. Like her dad oh, was yeah, judge and kind of like a scumbag. Like, the kind of person that you just look at and you're like, your privilege is leaking out and it's gross, you know? (laughs) So, she had a lot of issues, but she does have a lot of character growth. And I really enjoy her character by the end. You know, she really stood up to what is right by the second half of the show. So, Mm -hmm. I like And so, she's part of some of those courtroom battles because she's a... um, she's also a uh, she's also a lawyer so um it's an interesting you know it's interesting how she gets uh involved in things and so they kind of sometimes match wits and it's it's been i just thought that was a good 
portion of the show, just sort of this, she was her childhood nemesis and she was sort of her adult nemesis as well. Exactly. I do like how they used the reading minds so heavily in the, the episodes. Our leading lady knows that her roommate <laughs> can read people's minds, so she uses him to see what the jury is feeling. Or yes. the truth on whether the people that she's defending are guilty or innocent. And I really did like that aspect of it. Just the Agreed. actual in-the-law courtroom cheesiness was a little bit off-putting. A little too much, yeah. Uh, okay. So back in the day, they used to add or subtract episodes depending on how popular the show was. Yeah, looking at you, Mermaid. Um, anyway, <laughs> this drama was very popular, and so they added two episodes. How do we think this has affected the pacing, and did we notice? So first of all, I should explain the mermaid comment, because there was a show, and I can't actually remember what it was called. Surplus Mermaid. Or mermaid yeah. Surplus, sur one of the two. Or, or Surplus Princess, yeah, whichever, yeah. whichever title. And it started out really good. I really loved it. Um, but <laughs> Yeah. But apparently along the way, something happened. Maybe they lost funding. Maybe they lost support. I don't know. But they ratings were just low. Ratings were bad. They just tanked the whole show. And so it's just, it's this crazy ending that you're like, what happened? So anyway, and that's exactly what they used to do is that they would kind of gauge whether or not the public was responding and then they'd cut it short or they would extend it depending on the popularity. And so this one was popular, so they extended it. So what are your thoughts? What, did you think it affected the pacing? What did you think? I actually do think it affected the pacing. It, yeah. It felt like they just were stretching the crap out of this, and mm -hmm. I was just ready for it to be over. Um, I liked how the show ended. The show ended with the leads not killing the bad guy like he wanted, because he wanted to prove that Everyone is as horrible as human beings as he is, and it's just human nature, and they refuse to. And so they really proved that they were above that. And so I did like that, but it felt like it was two episodes of just setting that up and setting it up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> definitely stretched it. And I'm so glad that they don't do that anymore, because it's just so frustrating to be like, oh, this was a really tight show. And now we have four more episodes that they need to find some kind of plot to fill inside of it, and they have nothing. And so we get yeah. amnesia, or, you know, whatever right. they're going to. Right, Or a new a conflict with our, like, it, you know, our couple will be um, apart and then finally come together, and then they'll be like, oh, we're going to give them one more thing, and so they'll separate them again, and then you're like, uh, that's not, you know... So, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm so that was definitely that a thing. <laughs> it was Thank a thing. So, uh, okay. So, overall, did this drama hold up to the test of time? Would you recommend it as a rewatch? I feel that totally held up. I really enjoyed it, and it's probably my second favorite Nuna romance of all time. It was exciting. It was fun. The bad guys were bad and the good guys were good. And even though there's a little here and there where it's just kind of like, ugh, I wish I could fast forward this courtroom scene. 
It was really <laughs> a great rewatch. And I know that so I announced it in Discord that we we're going to be covering this drama. So quite a few people watched it ahead of time. And <laughs> most of the people's comments were very positive as a rewatch. So it's not just us living in our memories of days gone by. You know, it's uh, a great oh. show still. So I have to agree with you. I think that... Um... I was a little worried because I do have fond memories of this from when it was, you know, years ago when it came out. And was that eight years ago? It was a long time ago. Wasn't it 2013 maybe? So that would be eight years ago, right? Yeah. Or 2021 right now, right? That's real fast. Let's see here. I, hear I think it. Voice. I'm sure it was 2013 because it was the year of school, yep, 2013. 2013. Yep. Um, yes, eight years, almost nine years ago. That is so crazy. Yep. That's so crazy. But anyway, so um, I loved it at the time. And then I was pretty sure it would hold up just because I have made other people watch it with me in the years since. But then this was the first time I was going back in to say like, okay, like, you know, our, all kinds of things have changed. You know, like I, even if I watch a U.S. show now that was out say 10 years ago or eight years ago, like some of the humor, um, things that we used to laugh at and accept now, right right, now you cringe. Right. And so in this case, the things I had problems with before, I still have problems with now. So the amnesia trope, of course, the um, just that some some of the um, I don't know there there are some loose ends kind of things. Um, the Os- Oska kind of obnoxious, <laughs> you know, stuff. Yeah. Um, so those, but but that has nothing to do with time. And so <laughs> so the things that were annoying then are annoying now, but. Um, I really felt like it was still a very enjoyable drama, even this many years later. So yes, I would recommend it. And so for anybody who is out there, more of a like a newer drama watcher, um, I definitely would recommend it. Where did you find it? Where were you watching it? I watched it on Vicky. So okay, yeah, I think I think I did too. I'm just gonna I'm just checking to see if it's. Um, that's the only place that it's legally up. It might be on Kokua. I don't recall which station this was on, but I'm pretty sure it was one of the big three back in the day. So it might be available on Kokua. Internationally, it might be on WeTV or Netflix because internationally they have different options than we do. Okay. Yeah, I have. Um, yeah, I, I, I was trying to remember where I watched it. I think I watched it on Vicky as well. So anyway, it um, look for it. Um, it goes by I Can Hear Your Voice or I Hear Your Voice, depending on which site you're looking at. Um, and it is, it's a good one. It is. I'm excited. We started off with a good positive one. And our next one I'm a little worried for because it was probably oh. to begin with. And so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll so should we give a preview of which one oh, yeah. we're going to talk about? Okay. So the next one in our throwback series is going to be a drama with Ji Sung, 
we were talking about them <laughs> earlier. And yes. it's going to be called Secret. Some places it's called Secret Love. And it is the most mokshang, crazy pants drama that came out back in the day. So it's one that we loved. Drama geek hated. So you should watch it. Kind of make a decision. <laughs> and then you can let us know as you watch it when we record that episode. So, And just so you have a sense, um, so Huang jung Um is in it. Um, if you listen to the podcast, sometimes we refer to her as the screechy actress. Um, but but I will this one. in this one, she wasn't screechy. She was really good. And also Ida He is in this as well, <laughs> um, which I'd forgotten. Um, so but it it definitely has some um, violent type um, I, you'll watch it and All see. Of the and then ships are very toxic, but you can't look very, away. I think yeah, that's very a good way toxic. of saying it. It's not a yeah. romance you would ever want in real life, but right. it, in a drama, it's like I cannot stop watching. So, right. Yep. Secret, so it's crazy. Secret Love. I believe it also is on Vicky. So, go yeah, search it out. I'm, I'm looking, um, planning on watching it again, and I have found it on Vicky. So, um, it is, yeah, crazy pants, but definitely, definitely um, one just to try and to, um, we're going to try it again, and we're going to let you know. to discuss, so I'm excited. So much. Me too. All right. And on that note, thanks for joining us for this episode of Dramas with a Side of Kimchi podcast, and we are looking forward to hearing your feedback. So if you have anything that you would like to share with us please uh, find us on facebook or twitter and if you uh, join our patreon or if you're already one of our patreon supporters please definitely join our discord channel because we're over there chit-chatting about dramas all the time we love blogging about asian dramas but behind the scenes we have so much more to say and we want to share it with you and talking is so much faster than